Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 251. You've got Chris and Brian, mm-hmm. and today we're going to talk about a recent um, training event we did with Long Guns. We set up kind of a mock scenario, mock stage-ish kind of thing. Yeah. They just try to put a bunch of the skills we've been working on together into one sort of longer evolution. Uh, we've done a lot over the last year where we've done skills in isolation, um, be that you know, things like vision, um, trigger control with the long gun, working on mount, working on movement. Uh, but this was kind of an opportunity to put all of those things together into one continuous thing. Yeah. the, uh, the it, we, we, we did a few evolutions of this basic stage. I'm, I'm going to call it a stage for lack yeah. of a better term, how it was set up. Um, but we did a couple different evolutions of this stage to kind of present different problems throughout it and different things that needed to be solved moved around etc uh, but like brian was saying this is kind of an opportunity to put everything together even even the stuff we've done with a handgun movement wise yeah. um and 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 making decisions wise and working around doorways wise and different things of that nature um you know those things translate to some extent to the long gun or the handgun doesn't really matter the the theory is the theory behind it do what you're supposed to do and so we basically took an opportunity to put the movement stuff together along with it, when when we start doing a lot, you'll see people who know how to do this stuff in theory. Um, they've had they've had training on it in theory, but they did, but they haven't necessarily begun to internalize what they should be doing yet. Yeah, the mastery isn't there yet. Exactly. So when you put all this stuff together and you start task stacking, um, you'll see where the weaknesses are. And and interestingly enough, the weaknesses didn't come out but some higher level questions did some some interrogatives you know interrogatories around hey what about this because what we were doing was in a theoretical environment so not everything was nailed down or concrete as yeah. it were as it was a stage set up as a mock-up um and and so this was a great opportunity to get to a little bit higher level place with all this and start talking about the what ifs um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this that w- what we were doing um was a low light event it was simulated clearing a structure as an individual. All those things together are all really complex, interesting things. Um, if you have somebody that can teach you how to do this stuff that, that knows this, and I don't mean, I, and, and again, not to pick on our vets and our prior service guys, I don't mean your buddy who was in Guat. Um, I mean, if you have somebody who's current on current tactics, techniques, and procedures and has someplace they can teach you to do this safely, which you can absolutely train all this except for the bang, dry you can train it in your house you can train it in someone else's house you can train it in an office building if you have access to one warehouse building whatever Um, but these are all fairly high level things that are relatively complex and require a margin of safety and quite honestly are all things that nobody in their right mind who knows anything about them want to do nobody wants to clear a structure by themselves they only do it because they have to do it i.e you're a police officer and the balloon's gone up and you got to go do god's work Um, You're a soldier and for some reason you're on your own and you're just staying alive. Uh, You're a civilian, you're in your house and something happens and you have to go to the bad guy for whatever reason you can dream up in extremis. So as you're going out looking at these things here and well gosh those guys are doing that I'd like to get involved with this kind of training, this kind of thing. Alliance PD um, offers low light training classes and structure work not at the same time you have to work your way through those as a skill set and stack those things. Um, TDI, Tactical Defense Institute Southern Ohio, offers training opportunities for this kind of stuff too, where you can go learn the baseline skills, 
then you can learn some of the more advanced tactics, then you can start clearing buildings, then you can get into low light conversations, and then you can do it against real people with airsoft guns, uh, Sims guns, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, so those opportunities exist, but this is definitely not something you wanna run off with a live gun in a dark place with other people and start playing SEAL Team 6, because um, bad things can happen. So so please, as you're you know looking into this, be very cautious about it. Seek proper training, professional training, current trainers with recent relevant experience, recent relevant opportunities, and go from there. Okay, cool. Sorry, that was my little lawyer-y yeah. um, adaptation to this. So, Cool. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a big part of this was, you know, we were running long guns. Uh, we had targets that were set up anywhere from probably 30, 35 yards to maybe four yards, um, depending on what where you were at, what you could see, um, what you were able to see uh, based on exact position you know light um, light output yeah things like that there were kind of the way some of the targets were set up there were vision barriers to either cast shadows or to block being able to see uh, all the way to you know back corners of the range and things and that was to kind of continually present new targets to people Uh Uh, I think only one person completely missed a target for a while uh, that'd be me yeah 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 we'll, yeah we'll talk we'll, we'll cover that because that because this was like the ricky bobby of stages it was you're turning left yeah. again you're turning left again you're turning left again um i'm the one who found myself in his underwear on fire but not actually on fire <laughs> so yeah well we, yeah we can get to that yeah. for sure because that was uh that was that was a big like oh wow i'm stupid yeah learning occurred yeah yep yeah i think one of the one of the big things there, just with the lights, um, with the way the stage was set up, was learning to look, to actually look at what you were seeing, mm-hmm. or to actually see what you were looking at, um, and to look all the way out, and then back, and then scan, uh, and do it fairly rapidly. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we've kind of moved away from is the you know, infinite number of slices of pie. Yeah. As you're going around a corner, but to try to take stuff in maybe 45 degree chunks, yes, um, yeah, and then be able to see everything, you know, when you do that, and then move to the next 45 degree chunk and see everything you need to see, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and so as as we were doing this stuff, I'll 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 lead off with basically if you can imagine a great big box of a shooting range. Um, and you can shoot into two sides of it. You can shoot into the, the back, what would be the normal backstop, and then the left-hand berm. Um, in this case, you can shoot into the left-hand berm. Um, the right-hand berm, you cannot. Um, the right-hand berm is basically set up as a wall um, for, for how we were using it. It was set up as a wall, and you were going down a long hallway. So you had to turn right into the wall on the right-hand side of the range and run down that wall. And at a number of different places, you had places that were basically simulated doorways that you could address targets through those doorways laterally across the range. Um, big push on this, guys, from a setup perspective. Again, not to be not to be a nervous Nelly, but as you're setting up this kind of stuff, make sure on your range facility, um, A, you're allowed to do it, B, that if you're setting things up, I'm not aware of a range in the world that's not a dot mill facility where you can break 180. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you're setting up your target arrays, you're not breaking 180, you're not shooting the stuff that's either unsafe or just not allowed for some reason, whether you understand it or not. Um, but the gist of it was you were basically making a right-hand turn into this hallway 
and then progressing down the hallway toward the backstop and on your left, there were a number of opportunities for you to clear a doorway from the outside and address targets laterally across the range. Um, the first time we ran it, we kind of treated it as a carnival shoot um, at each doorway, address everything you could see. And so everybody did that. Uh, there were some targets set up where you had a vertical target um, at distance, at normal height, and then you had a secondary target um, at maybe a lower height and maybe slightly offset from vertical on the target. Um, a lot of times, guys, when we set up multiple target arrays, when we put multiple targets in the same space um, in an environment like this where we're simulating working our way through a structure or working our way through space, terrain, whatever, the, the, the secondary targets do not necessarily represent multiple bad guys. They represent one bad guy moving through space and time. And so you're going to see that bad guy in one position first, take a couple shots. Maybe you hit, maybe you didn't, and maybe that bad guy needs service more, but in a different place because the bad guy's likely to start moving once you start shooting, and so are you once they start shooting. Yeah. Um, you know, And that does come back to some of the techniques, tactics, and procedures. Um, one of the questions that came up with this almost immediately is, um, hey, what kind of structure am I in? Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some new articles out there written and that I'm not, I'm not gonna reference a specific article. If you know the sources, you'll go digging around and you'll find them, but I don't necessarily wanna open source some of this stuff, but it's about what's happening to law enforcement officers in structures, in violent places, in violent times. Um, and and there's, there's some good learning going on there. And suffice it to say, if you're moving through a residential structure or a business structure that's drywall, walls are not cover, they are concealment. And walls near doorways get shot, doors get shot, stuff in doorways gets shot. Don't be in doorways any longer than you need to. Hence the, the 5,000 slices of pie. If you're not on one side of a concrete wall from somebody, on, a bad guy on the other side, and the bad guy decides to start shooting through the wall, you're screwed because you can't necessarily open up on what's inside there, especially in a lot of environments where we think about population dense yeah. situations. And so, so as you're looking at this, you're, we treated the first run as a get to the doorway, work through the targets you could see in that doorway, service them, move to the next doorway, service the next set of targets that were available to you without breaking 180, you know, moving down the range, using your light, etc. appropriately, essentially clearing the doorway from the outside, clearing as much of the room as you could from the outside. Um, and, and that was a carnival run. Um, that brought up a number of questions or a number of concerns like, hey, this simulated building we're working in, is this a concrete building? Is this a municipal building that's got concrete walls that's going to stop bullets? Uh, by the way, um, concrete walls don't stop 308. They don't stop 30 out 6. They don't stop deer slugs. So hopefully the bad guy's not running something big because yeah. he can still shoot through that wall. And while the bullet may not make it through that wall with a whole bunch of energy, he's created secondary fragments that will chew you up and possibly incapacitate you and make you unable to fight. And easy to kill while you're on the ground if it's a bad enough bad guy. Um, that question came up uh, along the same lines. Uh, there was another question or another concern that came up. Most of us as civilians are not going to grab our, we're going to the NAM and we're going to go kill the commie for your mommy, 12 magazine deep chest rig, Chicom chest rig, and belading ourselves with that kind of ammo supply. And this course of fire, there really weren't a lot of targets, but if you put a couple, three rounds in each target, by the time you got to the end of it, you were very near Winchester yeah. on ammo. Um, and so that, and that was like one of those, as everybody's running through it, most of the guys got to the end, went and did that, you know, hey, okay, I've done what I've, the work here I'm going to do. Let's go ahead and top off. 
fast, fighter set scan top off, and almost everybody dropped their mag out and went, ooh, that's really light. Uh, I don't know if anybody actually ran out on the first run. There were a bunch of people that ran out second. two targets in on the second run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in that, in that, in again, that's probably one of those things that's. So we work on footwork, we work on side alignment, we work on driving the trigger, we work on doing all these things at speed, but we're not working on ammo management, and that and that showed yeah. up right that reared its ugly head. So more things learned, um, but it, the the night was illustrative in general, even though we were working on the skills that we'd done and putting everything together, there were some other higher level things that popped up. I think ammo management to some extent is probably not a higher level thing, but as civilians, it's not something we train to a ton Correct. because it's just not a super common thing. You're going to fight with what you have on you. I may only have one gun with one mag or a shotgun with what's in it or a pistol with what's in it on me. So I better solve the problems. And if I don't, it turns into a bat and I better get really mean really quick. Yeah, so we had through what maybe 10, 12 targets total. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, no, there were less than that. There were. Yeah, I can't math. There were six. There were eight targets out there. You could address some of them multiple times exactly. pretty easily. Yeah, in, in the um, in the way we ran it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And the expectation was you put two rounds on every target. Okay. Um, yeah. So that this kind of the called target math. Yeah, part of things, uh, and this is you know all of everyone that was there. We've all done multiple tactics type courses uh, over the past ten years. Yeah, uh, that's just not something we generally practice a whole lot. Yeah, uh, most of the time you know we are working on individualized you know marksmanship skills, be that yeah, you know grip or mount, uh, be that you know handgun or long gun. Uh, working, you know, vision, target transitions, yeah. um, trigger control, you know, movement. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Uh, you know, most guys are topping off weapons, you know, when they get up to the line. So they're yeah. doing, you know, every run's done on a full mag. Or if the mag is partial, you know, they're leaving that happen so that they can practice a reload. Yeah. You know, at some point in a drill. Uh, and a lot of the drills we're doing, we've done over the last year have really the expectation is you go up the line with a fresh bag yes um you know if you want if you want good data on what you're doing in the drill you're doing it with a fresh bag exactly versus scenarios um, based is a little bit different beast yeah and yeah. this was kind of a i think it was a wake-up call to go oh hey here's all those things i'm supposed to know and i think i know from way back when yeah. uh do i actually Am I am I able to put that knowledge into practice? Is that happening and, on autopilot while I'm doing yeah. CPR on the copilot? Yeah. 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 So it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. There would the autopilot in general, a lot of the skills were there, but it's and and again, why are we doing this? To learn where we fail. You know, we want to learn where we fail and then we want to address that and work on that. Um, and and, the, and and quite honestly, um, the guys who ran dry, the guns are back up right now um i didn't see any reloads that i'm like oh dude you're struggling you're on the struggle bus here yeah it was quick everybody was back up and there was usually a oh shit um and then the gun was back up pretty quickly so yeah and i'd yeah. say everybody did a really good job of kind of backing out of where they were at yep trying to get to at least some concealment yep and then trying to re-engage from a slightly different position be that getting into more of like a crouch yeah or then 
you know, doing something really aggressive, but trying to regain yeah. the initiative um, once they did get their gun topped off. Yeah, if you're ever out and like you're going with Rick Grimes to Terminus to kill all the zombies and the bad people, um, and and you, and it's not a bunch of former dot mill guys or a bunch of police officers who have trained together. Um, when you hear the the when you hear the words "oh shit" after a lot of shooting, they're probably loading. You could probably translate that over to loading. Um, and just assume that it may mean stoppage. Same thing. The gun's down, um, you know. But you, you know, that that might be a time to give that a two or three count, and then check on your buddy. Hey, you up? Where are we at? You know, kind of thing. Um, because I think we had two guys call out loading, you and Batman. Yeah, I don't. Call, think, I don't even know if I did. I you yeah. did. Okay. At one point, you called out loading, and and not 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 loud. You said loading, you know, and and so did Batman. Um, and and Batman's got. A, a lot of push with the more mill dot mill based type yeah. team environment um and again i don't know that i want to call out any of that if i'm a single person somewhere you announce to the bad guy your gun's not up um but if you're in a team environment it's it's definitely a good habit to be in so i'm going to say that i'm going to say saying that was a good thing in his case because he's trained to do it so he did what he was trained to do yeah. um but like i said everybody and everybody reacted well to it but I don't think there was necessarily a lot of thought toward ammo management, but I also don't know if those guys were trying to let, let guns run dry to react to it in the middle of the scenario. Yeah. That wasn't really a conversation to say, hey, we're doing this for time, run everything hot. We didn't say at the beginning. Right. So, uh, you know, that was a kind of a shooter's choice conversation, I guess, for that. Um, but it was interesting. You know, again, I think people pick things up from that. So um, from the first run or the first few runs where we did this as a carnival shoot, um, still see guys who can literally stack bullets on top of each other at 50 or 100 yards um, shooting a little bit fast a little bit sloppy there are guys who are running this a mindset where if I'm punching out from cover as I'm doing that quick assessment as soon as I see meat I'm gonna put a round in it and then work toward the center of the target I don't think that's what this was because there were just as many shots dispersed on what I'll call the up cover side of the target versus the down cover side of the target. Yeah. Um, and, and so the, the shooting the shooting was, I would say, functional, not where we'd all like to see it. Yeah, there's still some of the guys that shoot more, they're more competition focused. Yeah. Um, their natural inclination is still to, to aim at the center of the A zone mm -hmm. um, versus trying to stack rounds in that upper part of a USPSA A zone. Yeah. Um, and kind of work that upper thoracic part of the target um, we're pushing for we're yeah. pushing for a rapid change in behavior of the bad guy. We want a rapid cessation of violent behavior toward us. However, that works out. Achieving that's fine. Um, and I do think we have uh, you know there there are a couple of the guys who who I don't know if anybody's using it as an excuse per se, um, but there you know there is. Let's get a couple hits on meat and then we'll go from there. Let's let's be fast and get a couple quick hits on meat and then go from there. And, and that, that's fine as long as everything stays in that B zone. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with if you're running fast in the B zone, but it's gonna be more effective and more efficient when you start running out of ammo because you're flinging stuff everywhere. A, are you, you're accountable for every single one of those rounds if they don't hit, and then B, you're giving the bad guy a chance to react to you because he may not know that he's dying. Yeah. Right, so the faster we're effective, the better no matter what. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to give ourselves, we want a skills surplus so that when things do go sideways and we're not at 112%, that we're still good enough to, that there's that we're surplus. We're still at 95. Exactly, that surplus of skills gives us that high level ability to 
to service those targets rapidly and effectively, efficiently, and go on. So that was, I think, you know, that's probably something to consider. And, and that's and that's that's back to up drills. That's back to yeah. um, that's back to doubles. That's back back to the fundamentals we've been doing. And again, the wheels didn't fall off. It's just something to clean up. It's just an observation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything to add to the first few runs, the first version of that. Yeah. The other so the other part with kind of you know really ham, hammering on the accuracy standards. Yes. Is when with the long end when we're working the mount correctly. Uh, so we're keeping the gun tight in the shoulder pocket. We've got a lot of control. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if we're the evidence of that on the target is we should have two rounds in the A zone. Yes. So if we have rounds that aren't doing that, that, that generally means the mount is breaking down. Yep. Which means we need to fix our fundamental marksmanship kind of stuff to fix the mount and to refine the mount um, to where we can rapidly put two rounds in the A zone. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're willing to accept less than stellar accuracy, then you're not using the opportunity to fix the mount. True enough, and I and I would say too some of that the, you know the mount conversation makes itself evident. That's why we do doubles drill because it makes a bad mount obvious. Um, if you're seeing any dispersion at all, it should likely be vertical, if at all. Yeah. Um, and that's just because the gun's going to have some recoil to some extent. Five five six or a nine millimeter PCC probably is not moving around enough at 30 yards, 40 yards significantly if your mount's solid for you to run a double on a target. The other thing you're not seeing that you'd see in doubles drill is eight rounds. Okay, we're only shooting two or three. If your mount's already breaking down, maybe your mount didn't exist. Maybe it's a piss poor mount to begin with and you didn't, there's no foundational contact with the gun to drive everything else forward. And so I think, you know, that should give everybody who felt like their rounds weren't going where they should be going. Because I mean, we're all good enough shooters to know there are a couple guys because a lot of us were running PCCs with weapon mounted lights. You could see the bullet going down range. So there are a couple times where I called, you know, said, "Hey, you, you know, you, 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 that that one's left or that one's high or your second round was in the head." Yeah. And you weren't. I know you weren't shooting for the head because it was two shots too fast. And so you know, and and everybody's like, "Yeah, I know." You know, they, they, everybody knew where the rounds were, so we're all good enough shooters to be accountable for that. And so, and I do think that getting back to you can dry fire them out. You can't dry fire doubles, but you can dry fire them out. You oh, can yeah. do up drills and a single click on the trigger um, or a simulated double click on the trigger and watch what the dot's doing as you do it. Now, yeah, there's no recoil there, but are you doing stupid stuff with the trigger and are you finding the right place in your clothing? Um, and, and something that is, you know, one of the reasons we're out doing this too is it was it was 30 some degrees. Yeah. You know, um, and, and humid and cold and a, a little bit windy and kind of crappy. So there's a conversation around that too. Um, you know, you're maybe you're now you're throwing, you know, you go down your basement and kill Canadians around corners and stuff like that. But then when you go outside and start throwing on two or three layers of gear to fight with the weather, and then maybe uh, a carrier, uh, a chest rig, something like that, um, you know, things get interesting too. So that's why we're doing it. And I do think that some of that can be attributed to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the rooms were honestly, they were a Blake drill. Yeah. If you looked at them or broke it down, so you had two, two, three targets Yeah. that were, addressed in rapid fashion yeah so it was kind of like running double drills doubles drill uh, you're just running it on two targets or three targets instead of one yep yeah and i think that's important from a perspective of when you start talking to guys who want to have this conversation about how um uspsa will get you killed in the streets kind of bs it it it's just not the case it's just not 
That's just not the case. Um, there are certain things you're not going to do from USPSA because it's a game, but the ability to shoot the gun fast, transition from target to target fast, and move your carcass through space and time fast to get to different positions all matter. Um, and so, yeah. So yeah. definitely putting it in some of those perspectives is real. Whether whether you want to hear it or not, it's true. So, yeah. yep, cool. Um, the next iteration of this run, we changed out kind of the mentality to each of the we had barrels as basically marking yeah. our doorways. So like each slice or each room was sort of its own its thing own space. Yeah, and had call it imaginary walls to separate the spaces. Yeah, and we treated as basically three corner fed rooms in a row kind of is how we were treating it and worked our way down through and basically did the same thing. So your ammo management was a little less necessary because you were only shooting what was lateral to you um, and, and worked our way through those um, and, and basically did the same thing. I don't know that necessarily a whole lot changed, um, you know, it, uh, other than maybe some guys who were kind of getting their feet under them with clearing the doorway from the outside, doing it a little, with a little more alacrity because you weren't worried about Visually, you were seeing other rooms, essentially, right? Because yeah. the walls are invisible. Um, but you knew within that that you were only worried about your space. So it made clearing the rooms a little quicker and allowed everybody to, to move a little better in that regard, which, yeah. was, which was interesting. Just a change in dynamic on that. Uh, the other change that we did was when you came back out into the main hallway, the expectation was that you would reestablish security Yeah. Um, with <clears throat> the down the downrange end of the hallway. Yeah. Uh, where there was where there was a target, so you had to come out and then engage that target before you could continue to move down the hallway. Yeah, and and again, as we you know we say these things about you know you're basically resecuring that hallway as an individual. If you leave a space, it's no longer secure. Does not matter. Um, and some of this is done in simulation because we can't come back out of that doorway and point the gun up range. That's not safe. That's not what we do. But you can visually look and poke your, your melon out and look that way as if you would have if you had the weapon mounted and then come out and make your safe downrange turn and engage that target. So we did that as well. And again, you have, you know, some conversation. We had this led to a conversation about, do you call coming out? If you're a soldier or if you're a cop and you're coming out of a, of a space that you've just secured into a space you're not sure it's, it's in question, so therefore it's not secured. Um, you step out of there with a weapon in your hands or, or a weapon up ready to go and there's another dude there with a gun who is a good guy potentially or maybe a bad guy um, I don't know you call coming out if that person doesn't sound off and say hey I'm out here you know or I'm on your left or you know yeah come on out you know what out well, you know whatever their appropriate response should be based on your training and stuff like that then yeah you might be notifying a bad guy but if you come out and the bad guy's pointing a gun at you maybe that's a clue to you that's a bad guy because he didn't say come out or whatever. And it might be a clue to him or her that you're a good guy because, you know, a your Mark One Mod Zero mass shooter is probably not calling out that they're coming out. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um Yeah. Anyway, so that so there that that became again one of those higher level conversations. Do you do that or don't you do that? Um, and the reminder that if you leave a space, you've got to re-clear it as you go back into it. And yep. man, is this a lot of work, really hard, really freaking dangerous, and kind of stupid unless I have to do it. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So it sucked again, more, better, suck. And you had to, we were reminded of that by doing that. Um, Brian mentioned a target at the end of the hallway, like the very first hallway, long hallway. 
when you walk into a space and you know your job is to clear the doors down that hallway and you're fairly comfortable with that space, um, don't be a lazy dumbass and forget to look at the whole space. Because I knew I was clearing stuff essentially down a hallway to my left, simulated, knew what I was looking at, knew what should be there, and rounded a corner and took two or three really good steps. The first, the very first run of the yeah. night? Yeah. You did two of the rooms. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I in theory, went in, <laughs> and from the outside, cleared two of the rooms, and then realized literally down the hallway was a bad guy. Um, so I gave the bad guy multiple opportunities. Um, at that point, the bad guy could have killed me with a soup spoon because I gave him all the time in the world to do whatever he needed to do because of comfort, right? Because of that, like, I know what's there. You know what you're looking for. You know what you should be doing. And it was just really one of those like, oh, wow, that's embarrassing kind of moments. Um, so, you know, that, there's a lesson there too, right? Actually scan, actually look, yeah. actually open your eyes uh, kind of conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I, there, there's zero reasons all the lumens in the world. My head still moves on top of my shoulders. So I can look back and forth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, live and learn. Um, one yeah. of those kind of things. And this is, again, one of those things where when we are scanning with lights and things, being able to have enough light and being able to put the light into all of the places yeah. is really important. Uh, because if you didn't put the light into that corner, there's a good chance that you would be seeing, that target would be hidden in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah, and I could see if I had been running maybe a a carboned up 500 lumen pistol light, but I was running a turbo that was clean. Yeah. Zero excuse other than either complaints to see or ignorance. Take your pick. And I know I'm supposed to do it, so it's stupid, not, not ignorant. So, yeah. Le yeah. Learn. That's where you learn, right? Better to learn there than someplace else. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't don't be me. I'm pointing I'm pointing my thumbs at me right now. Don't don't be this guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what else to throw out around that? Because, like I said, I think we covered a lot of the lessons. I'm trying to think of, like, what other, what other lessons came up. Oh, um, we had a conversation when we decided that, okay, now it's time to say to simulate this is a space. You're going to go in, clear the space, and come back out. Where's your muzzle pointed? What are you doing with the gun? How are you coming out? What kind of attitude? You've got to put square range rules into play with this, but you have to put common sense into play with this. Um, but one of the things that came in is because, because you knew that it was simulated at first, guys weren't being aggressive about going into the room when it was time to go into the room. Yeah. And you have to do that. You can't go take a step inside the doorway, do a quick peek because I already shot all the targets. If you're going to simulate doing something, simulate doing it correctly, not half-assed. And one of our guys brought that up. Um, he's got some good experience with this stuff, number of classes, etc. And it's like, Hey guys, you can't, you can't just loiter in or near the doorway. And there's, and again, if you talk to us or want to come in and have that conversation with us about the study that I referenced earlier about where law enforcement officers are getting injured, uh, shot specifically, um, it's doorways. It's doorways in and near doorways. The bad guys maybe not think, you know, he thinks, okay, I know there's potentially a threat coming through that doorway. It's probably right outside the door. So if I'm going to shoot through the wall, that's where I'm going to shoot. Um, so going through that door and being not at that doorway and not right near it or adjacent to it, that's why you take that point of domination is, is you know, one, two, whatever meters inside the door kind of mentality. Get out of the doorway. Um, and that was pointed out. And, and everybody, you know, and I think everybody, most of us were pretty good about that if it wasn't necessarily 100%. It was still pretty yeah. strong. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that that was that was a lesson learned as well. So um, I'm trying to think of any anything else that. Really... Yeah. Again, you know, when we started talking about weapon mounted lights on long guns. Yeah. Switchology matters. Yep. Um, figure that out, especially if you're wearing. Think you're going to be wearing gloves, you know, when you run a long gun. Yeah. Uh, put your gloves on while you're training because it matters when you're figuring stuff out. Yes. Yeah. The switches got definitely weird. Uh, we're seeing from shot shows some of that's probably going to get addressed from shot. Some lights you can address it, some lights you can't, and gloves get definitely can get in the way. Yeah. So know that. Yeah. Um, it was a good night. I mean, I, like I said, I think there were a lot of side lessons that were learned. Um, as well as just good reps of some fundamental stuff being stacked on top of each other. So, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, on that note, as we come across interesting things, we try to get them posted up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters 2. On our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Lewis Fusion Drill. We're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturdays, 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.